everybody, and welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton Remastered, this time with my good friend, Paolo. You might remember his episode. Paolo is one of the most passionate Souls fans we've had on the podcast. Um, he has an intensity and a love for these games that I think is almost unmatched, uh, at least on this podcast. Uh, we were uh, He was streaming some Ashen. I was watching him on Twitch. Uh, we got to talking about Souls games, and he's like, man, I'd really love to, like, things have changed so much since we last spoke. I'd really love to come back on and, and have a conversation. And I said, absolutely, let's do it. And this is the result of it. So without further ado, enjoy. It's been four years since we have spoken, man. It's four been years, four incredible years. Uh, it's a whole lot of stuff has changed in games and with the Souls games. Um, I went back and listened to your episode. Uh, you would, I, I didn't think that Dark Souls three had been out <laughs> at that point, but you were you were well deep into Dark Souls three. I don't think the DLC had been out, but like obviously I, the DLC had not been out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you were you were still like. Like I remember one of our points of conversation was like the pu- how good the puzzle bosses are, but like we could tell we were kind of both yeah. like we don't really like this as I much still, as Dark Souls One. I was still hopeful about the Dark Souls Three DLC. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. They, they were still they were still good, but but we will talk about it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but um, first off, like, was like, go ahead. Go they're ahead. going to explain Launder. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't explain anything (laughs) they've got to explain this weird marriage ceremony nope not (laughs) at all (laughs) by the way gwen has a tether child (laughs) just thought she needed to know that (laughs) just in case his family history wasn't clear enough yeah yeah we're gonna (laughs) throw another daughter in the mix (laughs) who is this weird niece we don't know Uh, yeah yeah. uh so four years uh what what have what's been going on what's that been happening in the life What's been going on? Okay. Um, well, life, you know, life, life has changed a bunch during the last four years, but with respect to, I, I was kind of making a list before the call and I'm like, okay, with respect to like the, so I, I feel like, so one, I, I had this emotion, like I was like, oh, cool, let's record another episode. And then like 10 minutes before recording, I got all giggly and I wanted to say thank you. Cause like, I feel like in all of us, you know, we talked about it multiple times. It's like, you're never tired. <laughs> of talking about <laughs> Dark Souls and platform, right? And you're like, but you know, like, as you grow up, you grow older and you're like, no, I mean, come on, like, I, I have talked enough. And then, like, it happens again and you're like, yes, yes, yes. Like, like there's just a fire <laughs> inside that it will never die. Like, I'm going to be 80 and my kid is going to be like, that, like, grandpa, what is this game? And I'm going to be like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Tell your mom you're not coming, going back for dinner because <laughs> well, I'm going to have to tell you a story. Uh, so, yeah, no, I was... Um... Thank you for uh, for for recording the episode again because it's it's always it's really always fun to talk about these games. But, it, uh, is, it is. And 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 like I, I was gonna say like it's always like um, there's like you know things happen in life. But like all of us, we also have a Dark Souls Bloodborne life, and things happen there too. Uh, as you said, like the Dark Souls three DLC came out. I um, I remember when we recorded. I had played. Um, 
I guess let's get first into Bloodborne because 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 it, 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 it's pretty well like I had played Bloodborne and I think I remember telling you the story where basically like I was playing with like the bad I think like a bad TV connection or like a bad TV yeah, setup where, your, where your like, TV had latency on it so you weren't able yeah, to parry. Latency, yeah, and <laughs> what's funny is basically. So since then, I replayed Bloodborne, I platinumed it, and you know we're not—I I don't care about like who's first and who's second. Like, or all my Dark Souls children are the same, but um, but like it's—it might be like up there right now, Bloodborne, because it was such a just cathartic experience replaying it. Because I feel like basically my first playthrough right now is exactly the Lovecraft, like the actual Lovecraftian story of like, there's this thing that is way bigger than you. And for me, that that was the actual video game that like you won't understand. Like, no, because you, you can't understand. Like your mind is not designed to understand it, right? Which mm-hmm. is kind of like one of the, the theme of Lovecraft is like, oh, it's not about like, oh, there's the spooky monster. It's about like, oh, like you literally don't understand these things because it's it's like they're about different dimensions and different like concept of time and, and matter, right? And like in the same way, my first... Bloodborne playthrough was literally that. Like, I just fought some bosses randomly. I didn't understand anything of the story. I couldn't really get into the combat. I, like, what is the, like, is the ending? I think the ending that I had was, like, the classic one where, like, you just wake up the morning after the the night of Yarnum uh, went by. And, like, you basically just, you're like, oh, I guess that something happened. And you just go on with your life, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what happened with me in Bloodborne. And then I had the fucking, the one reborn, like, moment in my life of, like, I replayed it. And I was like, oh, wait. Like, I actually physically ate three umbilical cords. And I'm like, okay, I now actually understand this game <laughs> and the combat. Like, I just, like, I had skipped the entire um Gosh, I don't remember level names. Like the entire, um, uh, God, you have to get the key in um, the the weird Yarnam, the weird. Um, oh boy, God, I should have written this down. Like the you, you basically have to. Uh, so okay, so I, I remember how to get there, which is how I remember anything in those games. So from <laughs> the chap, the Odin Chapel, you go right, and there's the elevator to go up. Yeah. And then basically, yeah, what is that entire area? Is that um, what? Upper Cathedral Ward? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Upper Cathedral Ward. Yeah. I skipped all of that, which is amazing because if you think about it, that's the part of the game that also makes you go, oh, like that's where the, they found um, the, 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 the beast from which they were harvesting like blood mm-hmm. and like they were keeping her like the, the one left behind uh, man i forgot all the names i need to play that game again um i'm waiting on the inevitable I, ps5 remaster so that i can play it at 60 I, frames I know, right second. yeah I, I i hope like it's i oh wait we forgot to say they announced demon, demon souls, souls. Remastered i know we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it yeah dude it's gonna be crazy it happened it actually happened it actually happened like, <laughs> It is kind of magical, but yeah. And and um so yeah, like I had skipped an entire area. I had skipped like I well, I had not played the DLC back in the which also the DLC like explains a whole lot of the curse and like so like it's funny because this my second playthrough was kind of what I started doing that with a bunch of Souls games. I it's what I call um I put them on my channel and I call them like slow run, which mm-hmm. inspired by I think it's a the term was actually created by um like uh, Lobos JR, the speedrunner. Yeah. Um, well, speedrunner, yeah, the, the streamer. And um, where basically it's like, I'm going to play this game 
and I'm going to enjoy just every part of it. And the goal is like to play like with no like goal in terms of like performance in terms of like, oh, I want to kill like 10 bosses in less than five minutes. Like you just play the game to enjoy it slow and you just explore everything. So that's why it's a slow run. Um, and I did one of those in Bloodborne and it was just like, like I, I once again, I had that moment of like, oh my God, I need to talk to someone about this. Cause like, <laughs> cause it's like, oh, now I get it. And like, obviously by then people were like, no, no, we, we got it. You were just like slow before you just didn't get it. And I was like, no, 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 but wait, but there's a truth to the world and the game. And I was like, ah, like it's crazy. You get this bubbling feeling of like, I, I oh my God, I played this and I need to talk to someone about it. So, um, but yeah, it's, I feel like, with their the way they make especially like Sekiro side because Sekiro is, is kind of like um its own thing with like the story and everything i feel like it's way less cryptic um but like the way they make you know if we look at the <laughs> the original trilogy which is like demon soul dark souls and bloodborne right like of course the way yeah. of like okay we we, we plop you oh yeah and nobody <laughs> that's the original trilogy and that's the argument <laughs> um <laughs> Like they, the idea of like, like if you look at the narrative uh, skeleton, right? Of like, okay, we plop you into this world. In this world, there's a bunch of info. And if you really dig, you can find things out. But it's like, it's weird because I feel like they kind of lost that as they made other products. Like this idea of like, oh man, also like I wanted to talk to you about, oh, so many things are coming to mind. I want to talk to you about also like all kind of, I feel like, all the YouTube channels about Dark Souls just changed for me. I don't know if I changed or they changed. Like, you know, they still make fantastic content. I have no, like, I, I have no idea how any of them can, like, continue making such high-quality content for that length of time. But at the same time, it, it kind of stopped being the content that I was looking for. Because to me, it's like people started wanting to explain these games. And it's like, no, that's not... I mean, obviously, like, you know... I'm going to open, like, I have to do the disclaimer, like, obviously, my opinions, right? Like, uh, <laughs> it does not reflect this, on this, anyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does not reflect on anyone else. This is not a fact. Like, it's just the way I see it. It's like the beauty of those games, you don't have, you, like, don't try to explain them. Because if you want to explain them, hey, let's just disassemble the code. Let's just reverse engineer it. And let's just look at the data. Like, like, that's boring, right? Like, the point is, like, the point of those games is giving you just enough for you to fantasize about it. And, and, the thing is, like, there's a fine line between how much you fantasize about, like, oh, but what if, like, Gwyn was actually the, the the I don't know, the, the one reborn, even if that doesn't make any sense. And you're like, cool, just have a beer with your pals and talk for three hours about it. But I feel like that's the great part of those games. And the other side of the line where I think it gets worse, it's like when people actually try to, like, I feel like YouTube videos about Dark Souls change when they started putting, like, items item description as proofs of what they were trying to do and it's like you're not proving you're not trying to be a detective like you actually it's a difference between a detective and a storyteller like a detective at the end of the day has to point a finger to a person and say okay they are guilty right a, a storyteller at the end of the day wants to entertain and leave people with more like you have to leave people wanting more if you satisfy your reader you actually failed Right. And I feel like all of that was kind of a long tangent, but all of that is like, I feel like Bloodborne is kind of the last game that they made that really succeed in that because the thematic of the story and the way you play the game and the way the world is created 
is such that it's telling you, hey, we're just going to give you hints, but you don't understand this and you can't. And to me, like, that's not supposed to be, again, personal opinions, but like, that's not supposed to be a challenge for you to go, oh yeah, you know, no, I'm going to go and investigate. Cause it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, if you want to ruin it, sure. It's a video game made by people who also are normal people with lives that had a storyboard somewhere. Like at the end of the day, like if you want to ruin it, it's pretty easy to like rationalize it. But the point is like, don't, it's like, it wants to give you themes so that you just run with them and you just like, it lets you want more, which is what I think like a good art product is, right? Like, it's like, I don't want to give you a painting that is the perfect painting and that's it. Like a painting is supposed to be like a picture of something that allows you to like, like imagine everything or you can imagine the sound, the smell, like the people in the painting, like how how they came there and how they continued, right? And I feel like Bloodborne does that so wonderfully. Um, and it, it was just funny how, like, I, I, my first playthrough was just the classic, like, oh, I didn't understand any of it. And then, like, that this little run, I did all the chalices and, like, and actually, like, <laughs> let's reopen that uh, <laughs> can of worm. <laughs> Let, let's talk about chalice dungeon. No, but I actually like them. I, I agree that, like, sure, to a degree, they get repetitive. Um but it's crazy how, like, throughout the years, the community found, like, oh, there's all the, like, crazy seeds that give you, like, only in these three seeds we found this specific creature that does, like, the weird thing. And, like, it's crazy how much there is to dig um, still in those games and how much, again, I feel like at some point you need to stop digging because, like, digging was, uh, you know, digging was the was the like the process of digging was the entertaining part not reaching the bottom because once you reach the bottom you're like well that's it right and that's actually pretty anticlimactic once you do that and instead it's like the idea of like but what if i put another number and again there's like solar coming out of a dragon body that is rotting (laughs) as a bloodborne boss right it's like and what's the the lore implications of that (laughs) and what's the lore yeah 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 and people are like, uh, Solaire is the worm in Dark Souls 3 because uh, of a spell argument closed. And you're like, no, but that's not the point. It's, uh, um, but yeah. the, the community does seem to be, uh, it's split, I think, um, as these games yeah. gained, uh, these games, games gained such a huge following that they, we split between yeah. like some, and I don't want to sound like, and I've said this on the podcast before, but like, I don't want to sound like the guy who listened to Radiohead before Radiohead was cool. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was one of those things where, like it got real regimented in the way that people were making lore videos and it got, there was all of a sudden a lot of them and like the best lore videos to me were always like, here's the framework that's in the game. Like what if we extrapolate that? And they basically tell a story like that. And I think that's what Bloodborne does really well is it gives you that canvas and it allows you to tell you like your own stories. And absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of work that's been done in the community to be like, yeah, this is what we think happened. Like this is, this is like, these are facts that we know from the game but really yeah. it's a souls game and like miyazaki lies to you and he loves lying to you like you don't know yeah, no absolutely yeah, that's yeah yeah so good like that's that's what makes stories interesting is like doubt and that desire to have more yeah and um i have a friend that does another souls podcast called twin humanities 
And, uh-huh. and Patty said, and like he had a whole thing of like in lore 2019, like I, I, not every game I, ne- I play needs to give me a reason that I'm holding the sword. Like sometimes I just want to hold sword and, and <laughs> I sl- just want to hold man. sword and kill skeletons. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. I don't, I don't need the, I don't need the skeleton to have a fucking backstory all the time. I don't need to know yeah, about yeah, the skeleton's yeah, yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I feel like, especially with Dark Souls three, like by the time the DLCs came out, it was just. I was at such a saturation point that I just yeah. I kind of stopped with all Souls YouTube. Like I, there's a couple yeah, of creators no, that too. I follow that I, that are friends yeah. of mine that I still like their content. But man, for a lot of it, I'm just like, okay, I don't I don't need to hear anything more about Gwen. Like I've st- I've, I've heard yeah. all the Gwen stuff that I need to hear about. I've heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because like it felt for a while that I'm like, oh, I kind of like what I was saying before, right? I felt for a while, I'm like, oh, maybe I outgrew this. And it's like, no, actually it's just the content around me change and it's not that. And then when I talk to someone who sees it more kind of like, I guess I do or we do, like you go again into that mode of like, yes, I want to talk for hours about it. I, I, I really think, yeah, it's, and you know, I mean, you can understand like from their point of view, like, you know, YouTube, like it's at, at the same time, I, it's a job, which is important to recognize that, right? Like it is a job for a lot of people and, it's hard to fault them for like making the thing that does clicks, but let, let, let's pick one. Like I, I still absolutely respect like Vadivija and all his contents, right? But I prefer way more like he's prepared to cry where it's like, oh, he found Tarkus armor down the, like yeah. in the- That's the, that's the, that's yeah, the like, by classic the painting, example right? like of the, like, yeah, the me classic watching example YouTube of, like, and going like, whoa, okay, cool. Yeah, like that's fantastic. And he made like all the cool video, like the sad music of Tarkus. And that's way better of like, I was watching randomly like some Dark Souls 3 videos and then you mean you of course recognize his like soothing voice out of anyone. Cause like that guy again should go, like he, I just, I just imagine him like a Friday night show at around 2 PM drinking scotch and having like a cool radio show talking about life. I don't know why every time he talks, that's just the image that it's in my head of like him, like in a recording studio, like uh, say a studio, like somewhere like alone. Like it's just like that romantic image of like the radio person that nobody knows his face. And like, he just like, he kind of like talks to your heart, man. Like that's kind of like the image that I have of him. But like, even his most recent videos were like, oh, we can say this. And like, and there were the description of items and it kind of felt way more about like, oh, let's try to like, it's like a formula that we have to figure out. And it's like, ah, I, yeah, again, it's like, you know, to each their own, but it's just not the way I consume that. and. It's funny because a lot of it, it's like, I, you know, I'm a programmer in the game industry, so I'm not a designer or like an artist, but I, I am often in those meetings. Like, you know, there's a lot of what's cool about like in movies and games, right? What's cool about like, especially in games where like you have to place every object in an editor, right? Inevitably, everything is there because someone put it, right? Like, like you don't just put an object because you just put it there, like, it's weird to explain, like, if you're starting from an empty level, every rock, every blade of grass has been put there because someone clicked on a button, right? Now, that is true, but that doesn't mean necessarily that there was intention. Like, a lot of the times, like I assume in movies, a lot of the things are, like, meaningful, right? It's like, oh, the actually, in this shot, if you look at the books on the shelves, are, like, particular books, right? <laughs> but not maybe all of them are. Some are just because there was an intern somewhere that was told, hey, grab a bunch of fucking books as long as they're not offensive and just put them in, right? And, like, it's one of those things of, like... um not everything is necessarily has an intent. And the same sometimes happens in video games. Sometimes someone puts like a 
painting of like a woman that looks like Guine uh, Guinevere just because that's the texture that they had and maybe they were already over the texture budget and they were like you know what let's just reuse this painting and then people go like oh, wait these two paintings are in this room and they create like an entire story and then I imagine the developer looking at the video going huh wait what did we do that like, <laughs> did we do that on purpose yeah yeah yeah. sometimes that happens right and it's like it's funny i recently uh my girlfriend is playing is playing um uh, ghost of tsushima yeah. and um uh, you know this is the kurosawa mode right and of course with the, with that game shipping there was the uh i'm hopefully pronouncing it right i think it's kurosawa right yeah, um uh, there's like a resurgence of people looking at his movies again right and i i'm not a movie critic so i'm I'm not going to talk because otherwise I'm like, I'm being a hypocritical, but like his movies were also important because of all the like historical implication of like the fact that when he did them, like the, the period of history that he wanted to talk about the way he wanted to talk about was a lot about like when he did it and how, but not necessarily um, about like every single detail and it's funny because um there was a, I, I was reading this on twitter like someone said there was an interview with kurosawa where people said oh in this specific shot why did you decide to angle the camera in this way and his answer was well there was a, a factory to the right of it and a highway to the left of it so i really couldn't shoot it any other way and it's like i feel like sometimes that's just how things are made because it's like well because that's the only thing i could do and that there's no meaning behind it and uh yeah i feel like yeah, the, the 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 YouTube content changed, but you know what? It's at, at the same time, I I'm glad that both I guess uh, fandoms or both uh, groups of people could be served, right? Like if there's people who like that, that's great, sure. and they, uh, yeah. But I'm, no, um, Black Broom was. I'm, um, I'm, oh yeah, I'm fascinated with this idea of like putting stuff in a game world with intention or uh -huh. not intention. Um, one of my like one of my favorite games of all time is Shadow of the Colossus, uh, which uh -huh. is a game that has almost nothing in it like there's yeah. i mean there's just like a remarkable lack of things but right i've talked to a lot of people um about that game over the years and like it, it inspires such a curiosity about the game world of like why is mm -hmm. this rock here and right. <laughs> and like a game that and i feel like that's the difference between a, a really good game and a game that is like a, a game that will inspire people to like create stories about it. Like shadow of the crosses right. has and like bloodborne has where you see something and it's not the actual like placement of the rock, but it's the atmosphere of the game world exactly. that informs yeah. the placement of the rock. That's like, why is exactly. this here? And, and sometimes yeah. look, I know there's gotta be things and I've seen enough screenshots of, um, I call it Ghost of Tiramisu because I'm a horrible person. I can't remember the actual name of it, but um, I've seen enough screenshots to know like they have built that game world in order to like allow you to have like the most framed like painting picturesque yeah. like screenshots, exactly. right? Like they they yeah, yeah, yeah. they have created that game, and I feel like Bloodborne does that to a degree with its story of yeah. showing you a thing and making you have questions on it, and then giving you clues to the to to what those answers are, but really just letting you do your own thing after that. Exactly, and yeah, um, yeah. and that's what I think. You know, when you talk about like the the YouTube stuff falling off. Sometimes, like with especially with the Dark Souls three DLC, not to like beat a dead horse with this, but it was just too much story. Like I just I didn't I didn't yeah. want any more, which is why like when they announced Sekiro, and it was a completely different like it looked completely different gameplay wise, a completely different world, you know, all of oh, this yeah. stuff. I was so excited about Super it. Super refreshing. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, yeah. man, I cannot wait to see these 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 yeah. this team just go nuts and like have yeah. fun without it having to be tied into something else. And so yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
It's been uh, it's been interesting to watch. Of course, you know that game had its own like crazy weird fandom and issues and and pushback yeah, and all yeah. this other stuff. Did you play it? Did you go through Sekiro? Yeah. So I actually. So I. I. So it's funny. The three games that I platinumed since last time we talked are Bloodborne, Sekiro, and Dark Souls One. When the remaster came out, I was like, I can't. Like, I at this point, I'm recording two podcasts about this game. I cannot platinum it. Like, I have to. <laughs> right. Um. And and. Uh, yeah, no, so I, I played, I, I did play Sekiro and uh, it's, Sekiro is interesting. So I, I, both me and my girlfriends like the, the, the Souls games, which of course, right? Like <laughs> it, it wasn't the first question I asked her to be fair, because <laughs> that's not necessarily how you want to break the ice at a bar. You're like, Hey, Hey, beautiful. Hey, uh, uh, what do you think about wind sun and the implication <laughs> on the structure of an Orlando? Like that turns out, turns out that might not be the best opener, but turns out there is also a spark that you see in someone when you're like, Hey, have you played the dark souls games? And like in three seconds, you're like, yes, <laughs> I know another one now. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, she actually played, I think it was a time where like I was uh, studying more, like working more. And so she played Sekiro before me and inevitably like I was speaking over. And so she played before me and then I started playing Sekiro and it's, Sekiro, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting game. Like I feel like story-wise, um, there's a lot of symbolism, but there's kind of not, they kind of lost that like, I call it atmosphere, right? Like sometimes I'm like, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's nostalgia. Like sometimes I like, I boot up still Dark Souls Remastered or I boot up Bloodborne, right? And I just stand in places and like, you can smell them. You can, there's something about them that I always say like Dark Souls feels realistic, which is stupid to say, because it's like, obviously it's not. But like when you're going through Undead Berg, it feels like a European medieval city. And it's just that internal feeling in your heart that like you can't put your finger on what it is. Like clearly it's not the rendering. It's not the modeling. It's not nothing. Like it's not like on PS3 they were able to render things better than we do today, right? Like it's not about that. It's it's really just about, like you were saying, like creating an atmosphere and like creating just the feeling of it. And like... I feel part of that was lost in Sekiro. And, and again, not being able to put the finger on it, I have no idea how to better explain it. And I love the game. I mean, I platinumed it, right? So like, I, I absolutely love the game, but it's kind of like, I like it in the same way I like Dark Souls 3. Like in the same way I like a really good game, but not a masterpiece in a way. Um, I, yeah, it, it's hard to put my finger on it. I feel like the story, yeah, is just like not, I don't know, it's just a story. I don't know, it, it, it just kind of becomes a video game story. And I feel like it's, it's because, I think it's because it's trying to tell a specific story, right? And again, I'm not even a writer, so I don't even know how I would better explain it. But I feel like that's the big difference. The, the gameplay I did like, I feel like at the beginning, there's something weird like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, I feel like they give you a lot of elasticity in the way you can play the game, right? Like D Dark Souls is like, especially the first one with poise and like, it's like, okay, you can like roll, you can like block, you can tank, you can like, like, and all of these are like systems that you can experiment with. And the reason is like, to know, to someone who has never played Dark Souls, right? You put them in Firelink Shrine with like the, the starting, let's say that like, you say, you know what, start as the soldier, like the whatever the base soldier class is, the, the knight, right? 
mm-hmm. a guy attacks you and you're like, okay, I block him. I almost got no damage, right? Okay, cool. I already have a way to play this game. Now it's about how you as a player want to experiment with it. And you're like, okay, wait, if I roll, I notice that no matter the attack, I don't get hit as long as I'm rolling while the attack is happening. Okay. So you start like kind of experimenting with it. Sekiro, in a way, the gameplay of Sekiro, and I, hopefully this is not offensive to say, like it feels like the idea of a samurai of like, no, no, no. This is the way to do it, and if you don't get fucked, like, like it's like, it's like, it feels like the, the, the kind of like the embodiment in the gameplay of what an iron discipline is. It's like there is one way to play Sekiro, right? And in a way, I, I, I really admire a developer doing that because when you have kind of one way to play the game. And of course, there are like, I'm going to explain that better because it needs explanation. But like, it feels like Sekiro, basically, you have to, like, I mean, you have one weapon and that's it. Because let's be honest, like all the, the you know, the broken arm, the mechanical arm, um, uh, not talismans, whatever those are. Right? Yeah, prosthetics. Yeah, thank you. And like, all of those are super cool and they vary the gameplay. But the reality is that it's a story about a dude with a katana, right? Like, like that's at the core what it is. And, and the core of the gameplay is that. And like, from one point of view, like admire a team for doing that. Cause it's like, well, you better get that right. Cause if you don't get that right, your entire game doesn't feel right. And they did because it feels absolutely amazing. But it's also crazy how like it can be, to me, like Sekiro is way harsher at the beginning than Dark Souls. Cause like at the beginning when you have no life, it is so hard. And it's so, like, what's weird is that, like, I feel maybe, I remember, like, other episodes of Don't Give Up Skeleton, and I think we talked about it also on, on mine, like, Dark Souls games have been getting harder, but I think, like, instead of harder, they've been getting less lenient at the beginning. Because at the end of every of those games, I I feel like I'm good at all of them. But at the beginning... Like, you can put anyone in front of Dark Souls, and I feel like now they will totally internalize it. And even if they don't totally understand the game and the mechanics, it's okay. Well, with Sekiro, I think, maybe it's not true, but Sekiro feels like it would um, it would lose way more people at the beginning. Because it's like, oh, you have to, like, like, I remember what I think is, like, General Takimura, I think. It's, like, the first boss, well, the first mini boss with two, um, two Hellbarth. Mm-hmm. bars that um you encounter before um kind of like right outside the temple right it's kind of the first guy that you encounter like that guy is so hard at the beginning yeah the chained and, ogre or whatever yeah that dude no no before the um, even before the chain ogre is the guy that is in, in that like camp oh before... this is the big dude yeah yeah with the that like does all the twirls yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, all of those at the beginning are insane because the only way to beat those guys is, oh, you really have to internalize the parry mechanic. But but it's like, that game, if you miss a parry, the enemy at the beginning takes three quarters of your health. And you're like, what What happened? Like, it kind of leaves no room for experimentation. And that's why, like, in a way, I don't know if that was intentional in terms of, like, being thematically, like, well, that's how it is. You have to learn this game. Like, we're not giving you any other choice on purpose but at the beginning is so daunting because it's like i'm like oh i'm a dark souls player i know how this game is <laughs> nope like dies 40 <laughs> minutes in a row against this guy and i'm like what is happening and 
it, yeah, I feel like it's it, it's kind of weird because to me, the essence of Sekiro, to me again, is the boss. <sighs> Gosh, what's his name? Genichiro? It's no, it's so it's both the end boss, which actually I think is that one because the end boss. So I basically had the same experience of like getting to the end of Sekiro and only at the end boss understanding how the game worked. Because the end boss, you have to just be good at pairing. Like there's just no other way. Because all the dodges that you do, he does wipes that are so wide and so um, like so long that the only dodging him is impossible. I mean, I'm sure that there's like some crazy people on Twitch like doing a dodge only run and they <laughs> probably beat the crap out of him, right? Like it's always like that. But like, I mean, like in like for for us normal people that play video games, like like I feel like you have to learn how to parry him. Like there's just no other way. And, and you have to like, in a way, once you do, you kind of have that feeling with Gwyn of like, oh no, I am the better warrior. Or like you parry and you just beat it to like to the dirt. And that's the same with the final boss of Sekiro. You're like, it's like this final fight and this guy is coming back from like hell. I am not sure what the story is there, but let's let's say he's coming back from something. He, he's coming out of a body of someone else, which is in and of itself <laughs> intimidating enough where we'll be like, nope, okay, fine, you win. Just put the sword on the ground, walk backwards yeah. and like... Push, push Kuro like, in front of you like, you can have him. I didn't really want him that much. Yeah, this is, this yeah, is yeah, real yeah, weird. Yeah. Listen, I don't know this kid. Maybe he's an asshole. Like, what do I know? <laughs> Take him. Fine. Like, All I know is that he likes rice balls and, cause, and is a giant pain in the ass. You can have him. Yeah, like, and like his friend <laughs> ate a bunch of serpent viscera like hey i don't want to do any i don't want to do any of this stuff. uh but like yeah i feel like the final boss is kind of the embodiment of like the combat like you have to be good at pairing and like really mastering the um kind of the pairing mechanic and the like a uh, gosh i'm forgetting all the names what is the bottom bar that represents posture. the yeah the posture yeah you, you really have to absolutely master all of those mechanics to beat the final boss like you can't randomly beat it right in a way you can randomly beat Gwyn by tanking him it's hard because Gwyn is still a train if you tank him but you can well i feel like you can't tank the final boss of Sekiro, right you just you just have to beat it but to me like apart from him like the embodiment of the Sekiro like samurai game to me is that so in the castle remember the idol um, that is, huh? It's the idol that you sit at when you're doing the first Genichiro fight over and over again. Oh, the and one in the, the in, like inside the temple, the area. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's not the temple inside that temple, the temple, but the uh, like the the one where all those like tall skinny dudes with the katanas are walking around. E tall skinny dudes with the katana with the blue it, robes or whatever. <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's the boss of those guys, which is basically he does like. To me, I mean, I'm an ignorant Western white dude. So <laughs> um, that that's my premise. It's like, that feels like what Kendo is, right? Like the idea of like, maybe it's not, but like the idea of like, you do two hits and that's it, right? To me, that is the essence of Sekiro. Like the idea of like this guy, because he does like the thing where like he puts the katana in his, um, in the... Like, you know, he puts the katana in like a resting position. Yeah. And then he does the one to attack that you have to parry in a row. Yeah. The pop yeah. the and real like, quick one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the real, the super quick one. And that to me, the reason why I 
funnily enough, that's like someone like that's a mini boss that then becomes a normal enemy after. But the reason why I love that and I found what to me was the essence of Sekiro in that boss, in that mini boss, is because to me, that's kind of the real fantasy of the samurai. Like the idea of like, I either parry you and I kill you because that guy, I think if you parry, you have to parry both. Otherwise he stuns you and deals a lot of damage. But if you parry both, I think it's almost all of his posture bar. Yeah. So it'll it'll parry, it'll stagger you almost immediately. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he will stagger immediately, and if you parry him, you will stagger him immediately. Which to me, it's the essence of like you know when you see a samurai movie, it's about like okay, wait, wait, okay, now boom, and and the combat is over, right? And in a way, like I feel like there was something there that could have been more in the rest of the game, and there wasn't. But um, all of it, I mean, just because this is the first time I'm talking about Sekiro, in any case, like. It still shows how freaking great that design team is and how bold of a step they made of like, okay, they basically, somewhere on a board, there was probably a bullet point of like, how do we simplify Bloodborne? And none of us, right? Like, I mean, for me, if you told me, how do you make something that is still fun for hours, but it's even simpler than Bloodborne, so remove all the weapons, remove all the all of the the armors, I would be like, no, okay, you can't, right? You can't strip Bloodborne even more. But they did it. I still feel like the overall product maybe is not as successful to me, but like it's still absolutely like an achievement of game design. It's um, um it's really hard to remember that not every game that a company produces should be consumed like for hundreds and hundreds of hours and played yeah. over and over and over again until you just have the entire thing internalized. And exactly like yeah. that was me definitely for for Dark Souls and for Dark Souls Two and for a lesser extent Bloodborne and and Dark Souls Three. But like yeah. I played Sekiro probably I think I played through three or four times. Um. <laughs> Just, you know, going through New Game Plus, doing trophies, all that stuff, and had a great mm-hmm. time with it, which is my, like, that would be the best thing out of a Ubisoft game right now, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, if, yeah. I, if I, and I haven't finished an Assassin's Creed game for years and probably won't no. nowadays, but, like, I'd, if that experience is fine. I think it's, Souls fans just have, like, a, like, a weird, like, we, we, it has to be Dark Souls, like, that level of, oh, of, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of, of like, exp- and, and it's not that, and I think it's, it's good that it's not that and i'm really glad that we have sekiro yeah. the uh the thing that you said about the the end boss being kind of like the final exam for everything that the game like uh-huh. has been teaching you up to that point this is going to sound like a weird comparison but i'm getting the same kind of vibe with uh paper mario the new one origami king I know. <laughs> okay interesting <laughs> because uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry i don't mean to laugh about like no I, no no it's I, a weird I, I thing <laughs> It's just funny because it's like Sekiro. Like that game is like also super dark. Like the guy open opens the fight, like say, "Come Sekiro," and it's funny because it's like, and I imagine, "Hi, it's me, Mario," and it's like. But it's the the combat system in Paper uh-huh. Mario is set up so like you have to solve a little puzzle before you do uh-huh. like the the normal attacks you would do in a Paper Mario game, and uh-huh. um, if you don't do that correctly. Uh, like it's the difference between literally finishing the fight in one turn and killing all of the enemies and never taking damage right. or like, like in literally a paper Mario game, like dying in combat, which is unheard of. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and they do things like, I mean, the, the thing that I was having struggle with, with was, you know, you have to shape it. And then they also give you a timer. So, uh-huh. you know, all of a sudden I see a timer in the top right counting down and my brain freezes and then I, I, I don't get it lined up perfectly. And then it's just, it just feels awful. It's exactly the same feeling like when you get to Ishin and like you just completely whiff the combo and he just takes all of your health and you die. Yeah. And you're like, I don't have, yeah. and it's the exact same feeling. Paper Mario has some 
Like you can literally <laughs> toss coins at a crowd and cause damage. Like it's it's like you can pay your you can literally pay to win in that game. Uh-huh. But um, uh, yeah, Sorry. but it's, it's a very it's it's the exact same thing where the game wants you to do a certain thing, and if you don't do it precisely, it's incredibly more difficult to 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 finish fights. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm just being giggling, sorry, because it's. I, I'm just. I'm just being giggling because I imagine like how Paper Mario and Sekiro shared <laughs> really distinct combat system. Yeah. A dissertation by Jeremy Greener. <laughs> Watch get, get on YouTube. This is the this is the clickbait that I need. Right. This is going to take me over yes, the top. That's the content we all crave. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I um yeah. Sekiro is such a is such a interesting like weird game, and I'm I'm so happy yeah. with it. And like with the they announced yeah. DLC recently. Where you know you're it's, you're gonna be able to ba- basically have a boss rush mode, like oh, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's you know I'm really hopeful that you can just pick the boss that you want to fight because I'd love to like boot up that game every once in a while, fight yes. Genichiro with, on the rooftop and like watch that dude you know undress for me <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then beat him down again. Like that's that's that was such a great fight and I yeah. you know I've always always wanted that and Dark Souls two yeah. gave you the bonfire aesthetics, but even that was like yeah. oh you get to fight it again, but it's gonna be like you know seven percent harder or whatever um yeah yeah so i I wish they had this mode in every single previous game no i agree (laughs) agree. for sure for sure yeah it's it's funny like as you were describing uh not paper mario but as we were talking about sekiro um uh i it brought like i think like the best way to summarize how i feel about it is sekiro is like i platinumed it and it's the kind of game where like it's like it's like when you I don't know. I did art class when I was ten, so I don't know what that's the metaphor that I'm going for. But you know what? Now I committed to it, so now I have to I have to bring this to an end. Like it feels like when you do a painting and you're like, you know what? I'm happy about this, and you have that sense of closure. And that's the difference between Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Like Sekiro, I'm like happy that I played it. It was, as you said, like a phenomenal game that like doesn't compare to most other games I played in my video game like life, right? Mm-hmm. But it's done. It's like that book that you put down and you're like, that was a good book. And you, you like give it, like you sell it or you, you like get, you put it in the, uh, the basket of like donations in the, in the library. Not because you don't want it anymore, just because you're like, you know what? This was a good book. I'm going to be really happy someone else reads it. And I'm, I'm glad that I did it. And that's it. Dark Souls and Bloodborne, it's like reading like history from like, 3,000 years ago and be like, ha, huh, there's got to be something. Like, that sense of, like, wonder and that sense of, like, the endless toy that, like, it, there isn't an end. And I feel like there's something good about it. And it's not about, like, oh, do you mean that, like, open world games that are infinite? It's like, no, because that's a bunch of repetitive content that, like, was scripted to be like that. Like, it, it's just the way about the vibe. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's like... Sekiro is like the good steak that you eat and you're good and you don't want anymore. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like every time someone makes a, makes a, 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 a food metaphor, you're, you're, you're stepping, you're stepping over the line. But like, I think, I think you know what I mean, right? Like sure, the idea yeah. of like Bloodborne and Dark Souls, you can always go back to them the, um, and like, it will always feel good. The comparison um, I, I would make is like when you, to go back to the book metaphor, like, uh, I remember finishing, um, I can't remember the. It was it had to be a Stephen King book because I was like thirteen or fourteen. Uh-huh. So that's what I was reading at the time. But like finishing a book and then immediately being like, "Yep, gonna read that again." Like immediately wanting to get back yep. into it versus like, yep. "I'm gonna close this book. I'm gonna think about this. This book is gonna stay with me for a while." And like yep. in a couple of years, I might pick that up again and check it out for um, sure. Yeah, but yeah. that that's it's it's definitely that. 
expansive expansiveness, I guess. And like, you know, them telling a short story, like I've, I know some people that are more familiar with like the, the stories that this thing is telling and stuff like that, that I've talked to is like, Oh yeah, they are telling like, this is a classic thing of literature. Like all of these are hitting beats. And that's why I think some people from the West are like, this doesn't make any sense. Like there's gaping holes in the stories. Like, yeah, you're expected to know that already. Like you, this would be like somebody telling red, red, red riding hood folktale. And like, you just just automatically knew all of the details about it because you've read that 15,000 times i'm curious how like if we're going from dark souls and and let's say the souls games to sekiro which is obviously a little Uh bit more like narrow in focus um just Mm -hmm. in terms of player expression right Right. like what happens in elden ring like what what they are calling (laughs) like their their largest game ever and and you know why george rr martin by the way like (laughs) that was the part that was baffling again like we can talk for hours about it, and of course I'll play it and buy day one, right? Of course, because of course we will. But why George R. R. Martin? Like, I feel like their narrative style is so successful. Like, it's like, again, Sunday mornings are for, like, stupid metaphors, but it's like... I don't know. That's just not. I don't know. I was, I was like saying, trying to come up with a metaphor. Like it's like Ferrari trying to get the engine made by someone else. I don't know why. That's where my brain was going. But like, <laughs> but like, it's, it's the thing of like narrative is what you guys are best at. Like, because because like they make narrative like nobody else. Like their narrative style, nobody can. Like we talked recently, like not on the podcast, but we talked recently like on Twitter, like about Ashen, right? How like the world design and the feeling of the world of Ashen is actually one of the closest, one of the, one of the video games that got the closest to the feeling of like Bloodborne and Dark Souls, which is amazing. It's like, you guys actually got to the core of something that like a lot of developers tried and miserably failed. And to me, Elden Ring, like why George R. R. Martin? That's not at all like, it is weird. I mean, again, like I'm going to play because I want to even more. I'm like so fascinated now by how weird that is. Um, like it's like when you hear like those weird recipes of like, have you ever tried putting chocolate <laughs> on like sausages? And you're like, no. And I'm both disgusted, but now I have to try it. Yeah. Like Pickles like, on <laughs> peanut butter. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, yeah, it, it's fun. It's, it's, I, I mean, I like medieval themes and so like a medieval like uh, world. Um, so I wonder like how that with George R. R. Martin is going to uh, shape their game. And I also wonder how much he has an input, right? If he's just like, oh, sometimes he's just writing it, but maybe it's just the name and it's not really. The, like, it, the yeah. interviews I've seen with Miyazaki where he talks about um basically martin's role being he created this world and kind of an overarching story and they're basing their game in this world uh made me because i was kind of weirded out about this at first because like even Uh as a george martin fan like and a from software fan like the two does didn't necessarily like immediately gel in my mind exactly Um, yeah but when the interview started going out like the last kind of big set of press that they did uh and they said yeah martin's creating this world and we're setting our game inside this world and pulling from the lore like he's created this magnificent setting and basically implying like he's doing the narrative stuff but he's basing it in this world that martin created that got me way more excited because yeah as much as i like like reading the game of thrones books 
Like uh-huh. he's obviously put himself in a corner <laughs> where he can't release those books yeah. now, narratively speaking. But man, that world yeah. is so rich and interesting. And yeah, if you've only seen the, yeah. the TV show, like I'm, I'm not just talking about the TV show because I don't want people to yell at me about that. But um, <laughs> like yeah, just yeah, the yeah. idea of having, and I, f- I think it's a good fit for Miyazaki, <clears throat> who's always talked about like the basis of dark souls kind of fantasy was always like Western inspired. Yes. And, and uh, yeah. That, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm really curious how that's all going to meld together. And then yes. like when they say it's the largest game, like I, I can't help but think of like, like, are we going to be able to like, is this going to be straight up like from Skyrim? Like, are we going to do have yeah. like the ability to go do almost anything that you can think of in a game? Right, and, like, right, what's right. that player expression look like? And, and where is it from? <laughs> I need a trailer, <laughs> please. <laughs> I need crumbs. <laughs> and that's like, I like actually, as you were describing it, like it made me think if the way they're working is basically Miyazaki says, hey, when I was a kid, like the way Dark Souls and Demon Souls came out is when I was a kid, that's obviously an oversimplification, but like he said multiple times, like, oh, I got inspired by these books that I didn't fully understand. And I feel like that actually one-to-one kind of went into Dark Souls. Like there's kind of like a lot of mythology and a lot of like feeling of like Eastern Europe and like Camelot and like a lot of these stories but all mixed together in a way that is actually interesting and that, that i feel like again that the secret behind bloodburn and dark souls is that non-linearity and non-obviousness of the of the themes it's kind of like you just have like the scent of the themes in it what's crazy is like i wonder if basically all he's doing with george R. R. martin is like hey i am kind of running out of like inspiration sources and i just need you to like vomit a world that i'm going to inspire myself with like i wonder if that's because if that is is, that's fantastic it's basically like we might get like we might get what every souls fan wants which is another dark souls but not dark souls right like (laughs) exactly yeah in the themes because i still think like i think a lot of us at the end of the day like like you were saying like the the two groups of people like also they, they they usually also collide with the people who like more Dark Souls three and like it's like we, like kind of like Gary was saying like years ago it's like I don't play Dark Souls games because they're hard like the way they play is absolutely fundamental to the way I assimilate the world but that's not the thing that it's about them because we cannot record a podcast about Dark Souls three DLCs without talking about the free to fight and like the infinite oh this thing is resurrecting and there's like 25 minutes fight that you have to redo if you die against this phase that you have never seen before and you're like who does not like who who thought who played the first dark souls game and said this is what dark souls needs like like it, it, it seems such a different which which makes sense because like a company changes right with time like dark at the end of the day dark souls came out at the like midway through the PS3 360 generation and Dark Souls 3 came out toward the end of the PS4 right mm-hmm. so like obviously a company i can tell you i don't know what the retention is of like from software but a company changes and people change people grow up people like change their taste and that's actually good cuz again you get different i'd rather get a different product that it's not my cup of tea than the same thing over and over again right sure um but it's interesting how like you can clearly see you can play Dark Souls One and Dark Souls Three and especially the DLC and be like, yeah, this is clearly made by different people or with different goals because it's 
it is just like that's not what I'm looking for. And it was still fun. And like Dark Souls 3 was still like a lot of fun. The DLC was fun. But there was a point, like you said, both of saturation with the themes. And to me, it was also saturation with the combat of like, you know, I play a bunch of phone games that not a bunch i just play like a few phone games sometimes you know when you're like on the toilet or like waiting for something in line where you're like well i could like think about the fact that i'm a bag of meat on a on a plan on a rock orbiting up around a dying star in an infinite universe or i could just play this game and not think about all of that because otherwise i go nuts and like you do that right you just pull out your phone and you just kind of go in auto mode and like there are a lot of phone games that are like I don't uh, pay to, like, do a level. And clearly the RNG is such that some turns you just cannot win. You have to have, like, the pay-to-win resources to win, right? Mm -hmm. And simply what I do, I'm like, eh, I just don't win this match. And I keep on doing the same level over and over again until the RNG is in my favor and that I I just win the match and I go forward because I don't care about those games. They're just, like, time killers, right? Yeah. The reason why I say this because in a way Dark Souls 3 kind of felt like some of the some of the fights like it's the difference between for example the um, uh, gosh, what's his name uh, the the storm the storm king yeah and the free defense like even the storm king once you understand how to kill the bird that face is pretty quick and the storm king is like okay he's just a dude walking like i can't dodge his first attacks and like he leaves you enough openings to heal that like sure you're not gonna kill him the first time you beat him and you get to the second phase but like it's the difference between the feeling of like okay i got this and like when you get to sister frida where you go, you have to do the first section of the fight then there's the second section which is just a freaky marathon because <laughs> <laughs> there's just no other way to say it. It's like, okay, there's a dude that is throwing around, a, not a kiln, what is the, um, uh, like, um, it's the same thing that Guinevere gives in the first game. The, yeah, that giant, uh, like, pot thing. I don't remember the name of it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a giant pot made of lava while his daughter is throwing freaking, like, stardust and ice dust at you. Like, like it's just a fight. They're like, you have to just do be careful and do it well. And then the opening of the third phase is like that 15, I think it's like a 15 attack combo with dark, with imbued in dark. And you're like, okay, fine game. Like, like, like it's like, it kind of goes from like, okay, this was hard to like, this is just stupid. And like, I get it. It's like, can we just get past the stupid part? Like, can you just let me do it? Like, it, it, I didn't sell this well, but like, it, much like those phone games, you get to a mode where you're like, eh, like, I'm not dying because I'm learning and I know things. I'm just dying because like, I've never seen this and she one shots me. And it's like, what's the, like, next time I won't get one shot by that attack, but I will get one shot by another attack that I don't know that for no reason deals infinite damage. Like, and to me, the design itself change like dark souls game have gotten like you know having now shipped but like uh well two years ago woo ship god of war but like yeah. having worked on a combat game even though i was i was a rendering engineer on it but i i've always been like engine programmer engine rendering but i've always been like i like to get my hands everywhere so i i, I know a bunch about how the combat system of that game works and like it's funny talking to combat designers about like oh how do dark souls games how do you guys think dark souls a dark souls game works and it actually works probably pretty similarly to God of War in terms of, like, the engine powering it. Of course, like, that's an assumption. I've never seen, like, the From Software code. But, like, 
because the, the the fundamentals at the at the, at the basis are always always that. Then of course, like the way they're implemented, oh, poise and all of that, it's completely different. Because like if you look at God of War and Dark Souls, they're two completely different games in what they're trying to achieve. And like, what's weird there is like, I lost my train of thought. If it wasn't obvious, Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> save me. Ah! <laughs> so what I was what I was trying to say is like. Um, where I was going, we were talking about free. They were, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Phase like, boss fights. You can make, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, in the boss, like, you can see a clear change in design from Dark Souls 2. So, from Dark Souls 1, that started from Dark Souls 2. So, in Dark Souls 1, so there, there's one thing that a lot of combat games have, which is called basically, you can call it like look at or sticky, stickiness figure, which is stickiness value, which is basically like, when an enemy, so an enemy is facing you, right? It, it starts doing an attack, right? How much he keeps tr- tracking you while the attack has already fired. So that was the classic thing that they change a lot in Dark Souls 2 from Dark Souls 1, which is like, oh, in Dark Souls 1, when a big guy was doing a sweep, he wouldn't rotate halfway through the sweep to hit you. While Dark Souls 2 changed that. Because in Dark Souls 2, you can get people who do a sweep, you roll too early behind them, and they rotate They rotate while they are like sweeping or doing still the same animation, and they hit you. And it's not better, like it's not worse or better. Like it's just a different way of thinking about the combat system. But like you can see how their games got way more of that and way more combos that are just like, okay, this is just like a seven hit combo that makes no sense. Because like if you stun me at the beginning... You might as well just like play an animation and like take all the damage. Like, why are you doing seven hits? Like, I won't be able to roll out of it because I'm stunned and I won't be able to pull up the shield because I'm stunned. And like, they started doing way more of that, which it is weird because it is a bit cheesy for, for the boss to do it because you're like, okay, well, you have this 15 combo thing. So it simply is like, if I don't get hit by the first seven, I can survive. Otherwise, I'm just done. And it's weird how much they did that with a lot of the bosses yeah a lot of with a lot of Dark Souls 3. like the enemies man like the i think that dark yeah, souls yeah, 3 dlc is, with yeah. like that one night that has like where you and there's an area where you fight like 10 of them it feels like with because they all come out of nowhere and it has you know eight or ten combo hits and i'm like man oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah this yeah, is yeah, this yeah. is just this is very hard like this is difficult and what happened yeah, to yeah, me yeah. was i ended up just speed running those areas because that's the secret oh, trick yeah. to all this stuff is you can yeah. you usually you can just run past it and yeah and like that's not super fun <laughs> so right yeah, yeah yeah you know if that and if those yeah. were my options like and, and i know you can get good i know it's not as bad and all this other stuff i just at the time that's what i was going through and i just you know I, yeah. I, that's why i ended up with a bad taste in my mouth with those dlcs um, no i agree yeah, yeah. i want to switch and subjects of, real quick if you uh-huh. don't mind uh uh-huh. you mentioned yeah, yeah. you mentioned ashen um one of the oh, yeah. one of the things that's happened since you and i last spoke on this podcast is that we have seen just a tremendous amount of quote unquote souls likes and games that are uh-huh. aping that that specific like stamina based third person action RPG kind yeah. of combat or just games that have like a tremendous amount of atmosphere like Hollow Knight um, that don't right. really have the same kind of mechanics but you know has that same kind of vibe what. Yeah. Out of the ones that you have played, like which ones mm-hmm. you mentioned Ashen, of course, because you I was I've been watching you stream that uh, lately. But mm-hmm. which ones were were some of your favorites that you want to kind of bring up? Interesting. Like I think 
So I haven't played too many of them because, so I played, let's see, that I played, uh, I played Salt and Sanctuary. I pl- I didn't play Hollow Knight and I know that's a big one. Like I have it on my list for sure. Like it's just like I need, especially if they're not Souls. Like if they're Souls-like but not actual Souls games, I need to like spread them out. I can't play them one after the other because I get a lot of fatigue. Because mm-hmm. um, inevitably like kind of like we talked about Ashen, like we it's good, but it still misses a... Like, the Ashen Combat just didn't gel with me at all. And so, like, if I play too many games where, like, sure, the atmosphere is good, but that's not enough to carry me forward, then I don't enjoy them. So I have to space them out, and I have to still play a lot of... A lot of them, I have to still play Hollow Knight, which I heard from everyone is good, so that's that's up my list. I have played Sultan Sanctuary Ashen. Um, there was that more roguelike that was kind of inspired by Dark Souls. What's... Uh, Oh, dude, there's so many. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Roguelike inspired by Dark Souls. Yeah. Try to look that up on Steam um, and like crash the Steam servers. Dead Cells, maybe? Is that the one you're yes, thinking Dead of? Yes, Dead Cells. Dead yeah. Cells. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, like even Dead Cells, it was like, okay, this is just a roguelike. It's like, you want me to throw myself a thousand times at this and there's just going to be the time that where the RNG is slightly better and I beat it. And it's like, that's not, I don't find it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Blasphemous. Yeah, um, I did too. Mm-hmm. That game was really filled. With, I love like well, that's a weird. I was gonna say I loved Inquisition time, which is a, like a horrible thing <laughs> yeah. to say. Like I love violent murder. <laughs> I love violent murder perpetrated in the name of a god. Like what? <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on, sir. You sure you want to say that? Uh, that's funny. Parenthesis. Now I I've been playing a lot of other games and I'm playing like Crusader Kings. I've I, I've, I love that game. But, like, streaming Crusader Kings 2 is the most dangerous thing. So my girlfriend is, like, in the living room, and she hears me saying, Ah, oh, man, should I marry my sister? My God, why does my <laughs> uncle really want to bang my mom? I should really imprison my uncle. Wait, why? Like, like it's like it's the kind of game that, like, without context, you're like, Ah, uh, wait, is everything okay? Um, but, yeah, like, Blasphemous, I, I like the, again, the atmosphere. I actually like the combat okay, but to me, the... The only two, I didn't finish it because I kind of got tired of it. And the only 2D game that did, and again, like, you know, the the world is beautiful because we're all different. Like, the only 2D game that I really liked that it was like a Souls-like was Salt and Sanctuary. To me, Salt and Sanctuary is the perfect 2D Dark Souls game. And no other 2D game has done it as well. Because Blasphemous had the problem where, like, again, in 2D, you have the problem where like, hey, you're losing a dimension, meaning that like your dodge is way more important because Dark Souls, you dodge pretty much in any direction. And as long as your iframes are covering the emission frames of the attack, you're good. In every 2D game, they can't do that. And so like you have to dodge either past things, but you have only left or right to go. You don't have like a 3D plane to roll over. And so like... I don't know what it is, what it, what it's about there, but both Dead Cells and Blasphemous, I just didn't feel like I could do that well enough to like make me confident about. Like when I would die in Blasphemous and Dead Cell, it was always like I kind of don't know why I died. Well, every time I died in Salt and Sanctuary, I got the same feeling of Dark Souls of like I know why and I can do better next time. Hmm. So really, also really props for like Salt and Sanctuary. It's a team of two people. Yeah. Or like three people. It was, people. A, it was it's like a husband insane. and wife. Kind of t- 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 yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like mind blowing, and like really props to them for making. I, I really, 
Assault and Sanctuary, I think it's kind of like the same thing with Sekiro. It's like Assault and Sanctuary, I do want to go back and playing it. For sure. Because it, it was that good. While the other games, I kind of half finished them and not really. But let's see, 3D, I still have to play um, the, like, Gunsoles. So what is the... Uh, uh, Immortal, Ash, Immortal no. and Chains? Immortal and Chain. Yeah, I have yeah. to still play that and play the other one that is also Remnant... Uh, yeah, remnant uh, of ashes or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, between like between like ashen, remnant of ashes and uh but yeah, I, I need to play those two. They're still like I'm still kinda distributing them just to not be um kind of overwhelmed by third person action games. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I'll, no, it's uh, I'll, uh, least, yeah. I, I will say because I feel like um I don't think I've actually recorded this podcast since I played Hollow Knight. Uh, once you get to mm. Hollow Knight, like it will absolutely live up to the hype. Although, um, okay, it takes like it took me two or three attempts to get into it. And interesting, okay. And it like once I got more movement verbs, like I feel like I was drastically underpowered until I got actual like abilities. Like you don't have a dash at the beginning of that game, which feels really really Ooh. weird because most of my memory is like jumping up in the air and doing an air dash or double jumping Dashing, or any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but that said, like the exploration in the world is is absolutely great. Um, Immortal uh-huh. Unchained, man, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of that game, and I had one of the game designers on this podcast, and uh, that's it, awesome, yeah, yeah. And it was, I just like it was such a weird like vibe, <laughs> like it was uh-huh, just it's just uh-huh. a weird thing, and like it's it's got like that kind of like g- g- like double A jank to it that I, I really really like, and not to take anything nice. away from that design from those guys or anything, they do they did a, they made a really cool game, and the DLC was yeah. absolutely astounding. But uh, man, like I, it's yeah, that game does like I watched CJ stream it the other day, and I was like, man, I gotta get back into this. I haven't played this in a while. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I definitely want to. Go ahead. I, I wonder like how. How how massive? How long are they? Like, how, is it like a crazy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with both of them. Yeah, but uh, I yeah, probably put thing, sixty yeah. hours into Hollow Knight, maybe. Um, okay, and there's a lot of like optional, like get the true right. ending boss rush mode kind of combat challenges yeah, yeah. that you can put into that. Um, Immortal Unchained was probably a solid forty hours too. Like, it's it's a it's kind of a sprawling game. Um, and man, wow. I got to tell you, like, there's sometimes where I just I wish all games were like I wish we had set a set a rule as a society know, like right? no no games are ever longer than 10 hours because <laughs> i know right yeah, yeah i'm in the middle of crosscode which is like a jrpg game and i don't even have two ability trees Ooh. and like i i'm like i'm like done like i'm like am i gonna keep doing this like i don't care that much <laughs> yeah 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 it, it's such a statement of like and again that's what dark souls did really i mean i don't know because my first playthrough of dark souls took me forever and then man i don't know every time I talk about games and then I think about Dark Souls and I'm like, man, the first playthrough took... The the second playthrough was the revelation because you get to Honor London, you're like, I got here in like four hours. Yeah. Like, how did I do that? And you're like, whoa. And I still think that no game... And you know what? I mean, at some point, that's the thing of like... I feel like you also kind of learn that as you get older. I don't mean to be like dismissive or patronizing by saying this, and I'm, I'm sorry if I sound like that, but like... I feel like you start to appreciate more like, hey, it's okay that not all games are like that. Like, like it's totally okay that this is an exception. And in fact, by by definition, it is good because it's an exception. Because if every other game was like that, it wouldn't be like, like, that would be the norm. And like, I feel like it's okay to have one game like that and not everything has to be like that. But like, yeah, the 
I have no idea still to today how they were able to make something like Dark Souls and then something like Bloodborne. Because they're so similar and yet so different. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's I, I will always hold like infinite just respect for for them because it's Dark Souls was like you know Bloodborne was uh there are a lot of funny videos about like um kind of reviews of Bloodborne and it's always like I think no who was it I don't remember but it was like a really funny video of like I think someone who says like Bloodborne is a masterpiece but like the meeting where someone said hey uh let's make another Dark Souls game it's like oh cool okay let's take the shield out and people are like wait what yeah let's put a gun in it (laughs) like how do you like how do you do like how how does that happen like it's like it's like there are things in life that you're like it's like when you study about leonardo da vinci which really spoiler at the end of the day you you find out that he had like infinite studies of people that were doing a lot of work that then he attributed to himself but also it's like oh that's not fair you were like a mathematician a physicist a painter a sculptor like can you like just give a break to yeah. rest in <laughs> us all? Oh, you invented the helicopter where people didn't like in a time where like toilets didn't exist. Like how the how does one do that? Like and in the same way, it's like it's really yeah, it's really magical that that team. I think that's why like I think like from no team there's ever gonna be an expectation. No more than expectation. Like there's there's never gonna be like a feeling like we say every time of like, no matter what, like if Miyazaki went on stage and I said, I am making a horrible game and you got, and you all should never buy it. Everyone will be like, Oh, I got to buy this game. They won. Like I have to, <laughs> I have to right? Yeah. Like, like nobody creates that. And I don't know. It's, it's at the same time, like, instead of like talking about sometimes like, you know, it's easy to get into like, Oh, Dark Souls 3 DLC and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, what a wonderful world to be in where like this happens and like we were in the zeitgeist of it and it it there there's more to come and like that's that's pretty cool and i think it's uh it's something that like needs to be said especially like in these times it's like appreciating like the small things of like yeah that's cool that that happens and it's cool that they made secure and if it wasn't one of those it was still a fantastic game and that's okay and we'll see what elden ring is and uh uh yeah We'll real see, real but, quick, um, um, I guess maybe yeah. uh, to, to like, because you're kind of you're kind of already there, but I wanted to at the end of the cast to like take a moment to like reflect back and like, mm-hmm. the, like I used to ask this question of like how did these games change you either as a person or as a person who plays games mm-hmm. and things like that. But now like you know we're over a decade since Demon Souls originally got released. Um, yeah, we didn't even talk about the remaster, but I think we can both just sum it like ah is all of our thoughts on the Demon Souls remaster. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm uh, but I'm 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 curious like, you know, do you do you are you still drawn to these games? Like, are you like is this is it still like from software for life? Like Elden Ring, Dark Souls oh, Four, yeah. like no matter what. Like, what's your yeah yeah, yeah. after so long and after so much time spent playing these games? Like, where do you think you are at this point? I I still like once in a while I'm like having dinner and I'm talking to like my girlfriend or I'm like at a bar well i was at a bar bar. (laughs) but yeah when bars existed like um but like i was at my bar with my friend and sometimes i'm like you know what i should do a bloodborne run like like it's just like (laughs) there's just something about it and i feel like it's i don't know i feel like it's it's also pointless to like try to explain it because it's such a it's it's such a like it, it it evokes just emotions that is just like if you 
I don't mean to be elitist by saying if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But it's like kind of like trying to explain, I don't know, what what is what explain to me what the color red is and you're like well i can't right yeah like if like it's like it's like such a not primordial because that doesn't make any sense but like those games just evoke such a feeling of like like i feel it's weird to say i feel at home when i'm in farling shrine which is like why like what about like there's like a serpent that snores why would that be the case and like there's still something about those games that just hits and like the core and probably it's like a combination of like you know like the time that you played them and the people that were around you when you played them but like the fact that we all feel like that it means that there is something that is a common thread underneath that goes beyond like oh it's just because you're nostalgic about the time you play dark souls because for me it's not that i i didn't play dark souls in any like fundamental time of my life like it, it wasn't like anything it had there has to be something more and like i don't know it's it's there will always be like that like literally recently i i i, I i'm gonna change jobs well i i, I switched jobs and uh i took a some break in between just to kind of like reset my brain and um you know I, I was playing ashen i played what did i play i i was playing some crusader kings too i took some time to like study a bit and like i was like <sighs> I should I should have made a Bloodborne run. Like just that feeling of like <laughs> I need to do it again. Uh and it's it's just yeah, it's just it's just never ending. And I d I don't know. It's it's cool that they were able to create something like that. I mean it re- it really will always stand the test of time. Like I feel like there's no uh Bloodborne will always be a masterpiece. It's cause it it goes way beyond the oh, it's a three D simulation about combat. It's just it just goes beyond that and it's it's like how cool that that we can do that um but yeah no forever yeah yeah yeah. and even if <laughs> Elden ring is bad and it's okay i have bloodborne i have dark souls like it's i have the chalice dungeon like you play bloodborne and there are still people online like how oh, cool yeah. is that like, they, um there's i mean there's whole servers whole discord servers set up like the two yeah. prospectors are just doing an amazing job documenting yes literally yeah, yeah, still. literally every single possible like permutation yeah, 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 of the yeah, chalice it's like, like it's insane it's like yeah, it's like there's like two like the the, the archaeologists still digging through like the tomb of Tutankhamun and like be like, wait, we discover something else, and you're like, how is it possible? You guys have been digging for like fifty years. Like, don't we already know everything about the Egyptians people? And you're like, nope, we don't. <laughs> now Did we know they know had that? a boss mode, <laughs> boss rush yeah, yeah, yeah. mode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, oh, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Well, Balu, thank you so much for coming back on and catching us up with what you've been doing. Um, where yeah. on the internet can people find you uh, if they want to come watch you play games or follow you on Twitter? Uh, or so I'm always like, and uh, I'm always like, I, I I kept the same ones on YouTube. I don't have um, I don't have a channel because like, a channel name because YouTube has like the rule of like 100 subscribers or something. But mm-hmm. I put my playthroughs. If you, I still it's funny still the same search i think it leads you to my channel which is if you search for rolling shark um i think it's like art let me just try right now real quick hopefully this doesn't explode horribly like i think on youtube if you search for like rolling shark art rtsr run i think i come up okay cool Uh, rtsr i'm gonna have to try this 
Uh, I don't come up at all. <laughs> There's a video about Shark Tank. Okay, no, okay, okay. If you search for Rolling Shark RTSR Run, I do come up. That's my channel, and like I upload pretty much all games that I stream on there. Um, and on Twitch, I'm at twitch.tv slash the Rolling Shark. I don't have a. Uh, uh, a streaming schedule because I don't do, I do it randomly like and also like I play all sorts of games like right now as I was saying like I'm playing Crusader Kings 2 so that's kind of weird but uh, really yeah, I am uh, at Rolling Shark on Twitter uh, for uh, the randos that want to add me mostly I retweet much like I said I think four years ago things that smarter programmers than me say and uh, I usually <laughs> use it for like following like other people and randomly I either post that I'm streaming or I, I once in a while put like random graphics things. So, you know, if you're into GPUs and parallelization and CPU optimization, you know, and sometimes Dark Souls, you know who to follow. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you again for guesting. I really appreciate it. Thank um, you. It was, it was super fun. This has been an episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton Remastered. Uh, I have been kind of very lackadaisically, you know, finding some people that I interviewed a bunch of years ago and re-interview them about their new experiences. Um, these don't have any set kind of schedule or anything. Uh, I am still currently not taking new people onto the podcast. Um, but if you want to talk to me about it, you can always DM the Twitter at DGUS podcast, the discord server, uh, for DJs is still up. So if you want to join there and talk to some friendly souls, people that you may or may not have heard on the podcast, you can do that. There's a link at don't give up skeleton. Just hit the FAQ button and scroll down. You'll find that. Um, thank you as always for people that listen. I hope you're still enjoying these episodes and these conversations. And, um, yeah, remember until next time, don't give up skeleton. That was awesome, dude. Oh, man. So much fun. Yeah, it's always, like, much like those games. Like, uh, yeah, you can always just sit down with a buddy. There's so much. Yeah. There's so much, yeah. It's so good. So good. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, this will probably go out on Wednesday. um, We didn't really get into anything kind of personal, so I don't think you... I mean, if you want me to send you an editing copy, I like, three editing points on this, so there's not going to be a lot of work, so... (laughs) I did, I did swear, I realized that I, I swore a couple of times, I'm sorry about that, sometimes I'm saying when I get into the... Oh, no, this is, we're, we're, we're adult language on the right team, so... Oh, okay, okay. I, I curse like a sailor, so don't, don't ever worry about me. <laughs> I try to, I'm trying to limit it, because it's just like something that I do that I'm not super happy about, but, uh, you know, it's like, when I get too excited, which is every time I'm talking about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, I'm, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've kind of gotten into some soul stuff lately. Like, I kind of I kind of think about starting a Bloodborne again or doing some yeah. you know, playing. I never actually finished the remastered. I built a Carving Justice build and then just hang out and <laughs> <laughs> people, and that was it. I didn't do anything yes. else. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I've been thinking about picking it back up, but I don't, 